0: Every moment spent in connection, reflecting on who we are and how we've grown, the moments that are full of joy and celebration, and then those moments that challenge us and ask us to change course, pivot in a new direction, and grow and change in ways that we never anticipated. Every moment spent in connection, sharing those reflections, coming together around shared experiences, changes who we are. Because it allows us to get to know who we are, to get to know our hearts, and it allows us to form connections and community around shared passions, interests, and joy. Welcome to Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Through conversations focusing on life's biggest lessons, this series will explore the joys we can find through these experiences and the connection and community we create through sharing our reflections. It's an open and honest look at the moments and lessons in our lives that impact us. Every episode features a conversation that will leave you feeling inspired, motivated, full of joy, and get you thinking about the experiences in your life and the lessons they've taught you. Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Welcome back to Lessons In. Today's episode is really about, I think, exploring the connection between our relationships and our inner child. And while we have talked about inner child work a little bit on the podcast, I'm thinking back to our Lessons In episode last year with Serena Abalian. I don't know if we've talked about the connection between our relationships and our inner child. So I'm so excited to share today's episode. I'm joined by Veronica Grant, who is a love and life coach, host of the podcast, Popular Love Life Connection podcast. And she really believes that deep work is the only way to deep love. Veronica helps successful women who feel like they have it all except love find it. And so Veronica joins me today to share a lesson she's learned about working with our inner child to really transform our relationship patterns. Through healing her relationship with her body and discovering her own innate worthiness, Veronica embarked on a journey back to herself through uncovering and healing her limiting beliefs, and ultimately connecting with her inner child. As Veronica shares, when we work with our inner child, we're able to connect the dots between a core childhood wound that we experienced with our dating and relationship patterns. And so when we heal that wound, we no longer attract partners from that place. Veronica's reflections, her honesty, and her vulnerability really throughout this conversation will leave you feeling inspired and remind you that to find this deep love that I know we're all, I think, craving for or looking for, we have to be willing to do the deep inner work. Before we dive in to today's new episode, I want to share with you today's sponsor, BetterHelp. So the last year has been challenging. There is no doubt about that. And I am personally feeling some... Reentry? Anxiety? I think that's a new term that they're coining (laughs) during this time. And so for me, it's been really important to have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's really where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. This service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counseling. Network, So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, too. I really want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful and ease filled life. And so I'm excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to BetterHelp.com slash Seek the the joy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp.com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. To learn more about Veronica, today's new episode, and our series Lessons In, head on over to the show notes section of the website. Everything is right there. And as always, I would love it for you to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy podcast everywhere. No matter where you're tuning in to Seek the Joy right now, hit follow or subscribe. And if you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help the show get seen by new people. It shares with them what Seek the Joy podcast is all about. So when you leave that review, take a screenshot, send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com I will send you something to say thank you, and it's really a wonderful way for us to connect outside of the show. All right, that's it. I am so looking forward to hearing what you think about today's new episode. There was such a beautiful connection between our relationships and our inner child, and Veronica is just such an expert in this area, and I'm so excited to share her wisdom with you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Veronica Grant. Veronica, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today because I think looking at dating and relationships through the lens of our inner child was a brand new concept to me. So I assume it's going to be brand new for a lot of people, but I think it's a really valuable conversation to have, especially as so many of us within the last year have been looking at our relationships differently, or some of us put a a hold, a pause on dating. Some of us have been really out there. So before we kind of dive into all of that, I would love to start off, maybe share with us who you are, your journey working with the inner
1: child. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I, you know, like I think a lot of life coaches, it was a roundabout way getting to where I am, but it really started actually not so much with My struggle in relationships, but it was more about my struggle in um, how I saw my body. And, you know, I had like this constant fear of just like being quote unquote fat. And so, you know, I won't get into all the details of that, but basically I learned from an early age that if I'm, you know, a little slender, like maybe five or 10 pounds lighter, then I'm going to get attention. I'm going to get attention from well, I guess then boys, because I was, you know, a tween <laughs> or a teenager. Um, but then also, I was going to get positive attention from the women in my family, like, oh, you're looking good, or oh, mm-hmm. you must have lost weight. And even though those things feel like compliments, it just puts that attention and the pressure on to maintain the size. Right. right? So, obviously I didn't have this awareness then, but but looking back, I can see now that I learned to get my sense of self, my worthiness, my confidence, and also feel loved through how my body looked. Mm-hmm. And so began like this almost addiction to being on and off the diet wagon, diet train, whatever they call it. And, and so paralleled with that, I had a really hard time dating and being in the kind of relationship that I wanted. You know, some of my friends, you know, when you are younger, they're like, Oh, just looking to like explore and Mm -hmm. like meet new people. And I'm like, no, I want to find my husband now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a really hard time attracting um, men who were also, you know, emotionally available um, who were wanting the same thing that I was wanting. And the reason is because I had no ability to feel worthy, confident, loved, mm-hmm. have high self-esteem, all of those things outside of just simply how I looked. And so mm-hmm. and it's not surprising then that I attracted a bunch of one night stands or people who just wanted, you know, like FWB, friend of benefit situation. Um, and it wasn't until I really was able to heal my relationship with my body that I was able to then look back and say, oh, this is how like I learned to see men women love the world relationships all of those things and so i had to go back and heal that little girl mm-hmm. who believed that her worthiness sat outside of herself and through that whole process i mean look i'm not healed it's a it's an event we're always healing yeah always um, but once i started to begin to connect the dots and begin the initial healing process I was able to heal the relationship with my body. That's certainly not perfect. Pregnancy and postpartum have been a whole, you know, host of mm. fun things to explore uh, in terms of my body. Um, but then also it allowed me to have the relationship mm. that you know I wanted to have. And mm-hmm. so that's what I do. That's how the work that I work with clients reflects around, you know, it's not like, okay, text this or write this in your profile and You know, because that's great if you want to be a really good dater, (laughs) that's great if you want to go on a lot of dates and have a lot of sex, but if you're looking for a partner, um, a lifelong partner, then you really have to take a pause and a step back and do some of this deeper inner work. Hmm.
0: I think your journey is so interesting because you were able to pinpoint for yourself the age and the emotion and the experience of needing validation or seeking it based upon what your body looked like or felt like, how thin you were, how much weight you had gained or lost. And I think for so many of us, we're we're not even there yet where we're able to pinpoint that time frame or that time in our lives where something happened to us or we had some kind of an experience or conversation or something that was so impactful that it has colored or um, it's the lens that we see our relationships through. And yeah. so if somebody is listening to this, you know, what would you say to them? Where is a good place to start to start to do that inner work that you were talking about with your inner child so that you can kind of begin to do what you, you described for yourself of pinpointing, okay, it was about validation. It was about my body image. And where's a good place to
1: start? Yeah. Well, first you, you, you mentioned a, a keyword that I use a lot when I'm teaching, use the word lens. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people will listen to me talk or, you know, hear my coaching philosophy and like, Oh my gosh, I'm so broken. I have so much to work on. And like, it's kind of like a heavy energy. And I think of it as you just were, you just put on a pair of glasses when you Mm -hmm. were younger and that's the way in which you view the world. And the healing process isn't about fixing you because no one's broken. It's just about putting on a new pair of glasses Um, because the glasses that you have on, like, that's just how you're seeing the world, but that's not absolute truth. It's not absolute reality. Um, So just want to point that out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the other thing is that, you know, I didn't figure this out by myself. I didn't invent inner child work. This is something that goes, you know, way back. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people use this work. Um, And my first experience with realizing that my past, you know, affected my relationships was actually with um, a spiritual counselor that I worked with. And I, you know, told her all about my family and growing up and what that was like. And she just sat there and she's like, okay, so it sounds like, your family wasn't really emotionally available. And then mm-hmm. I sat there and I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're kind of right. <laughs> like, I just didn't realize mm-hmm. like, you know, cause you only know what you know, right. Especially yeah. as a kid, when you're growing up, like, like, oh, you mean not all families are like this? You mean, not hmm. all families sit in silence around the dinner table. <laughs> no, that is not the case for all families. But it certainly was for mine. Um, so I do think that, you know, it can feel overwhelming, but having someone help you see your blind spots is just totally Mm -hmm. invaluable, but just one really easy thing you can do to get started is, you know, let's say you're, you're dating someone, you're in a relationship, or maybe let's say you're on the apps and you're swiping and you're just feeling really frustrated. Um, I just want you to feel into how you feel when you're feeling really triggered, when you're feeling really just down about yourself or, um, your relationship status or the state of your relationship. And I just want you to ask yourself, what does this remind me of? Or, when have I felt like this before? Asking yourself those kinds of questions will usually take you back to like, oh, well, it kind of reminds me of having to walk on eggshells growing up so that I didn't set my mom's temper off, mm-hmm. um, or so that you know my dad wouldn't get set off with his temper, or it reminds me of how I felt like I had to take care of my parents emotionally, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the possibilities, mm-hmm. of the ways that the dots can be connected are truly yeah. endless. Um, but just start like asking yourself, what does this remind me of? When have I felt like this before? Or if it's a specific person involved, like who does this person remind me of? Mm. And more often than not, 99.999% of the time, it's going to go back to something having to do with your inner child and specifically a core wound that the experience that you're in right now is bumping up against.
0: I was just going to ask you, because for me, as you were talking, it started to feel like the emotions that you present in dating or in relationships sound like it's connected to a core wound or something that occurred to you in childhood. And then you said core wound and I was like, well, there we go. (laughs) That makes so much sense to me because what I've heard and what I've learned so far in my life about working with your inner child is about tapping back into those emotions and the way that you felt when you were younger. And let's just say, for example, like what you shared, it's at the age of 12. And so that you tap back into it and you allow yourself to really sit and experience those feelings and then be there for yourself in a way that you couldn't when you were younger. Because as adults, we really are able to step in and hug our inner child, be there for ourselves, um, take care of ourselves, I think in a more profound way than we were when we were much younger, because the hope is we have different tools and resources and an ability. And so it's so interesting to me how we can attract people from that core wound And and it sounds like we continue to attract or build relationships or have interactions from that space until we really do that inner child healing and sit there and we're with ourselves and allow ourselves to know that we're safe and taken care of and allowed to move forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and it's completely normal. You know, a lot of times I'll get like frantic DMs and on Instagram or emails or whatever, like, okay, this is the situation. And and, 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 you know, they'll list out the whole thing of whatever's going on. And what they're doing is they're looking at the situation from almost like horse blinders or like looking at this one mm-hmm. specific thing. And I'm like, what I want you to do is I want you to take the horse blinders off, take a step back and ask yourself, what if everything going on in my life made perfect sense? You know, um, because I mean, look, I believe this, you don't have to believe that, but I really believe that nothing is random, Mm -hmm. right? We are, we are, um, you know, if you didn't feel, if your parents didn't make you feel good enough or loved unconditionally, like you felt like you had to earn their love by being the quote unquote good, good kid or taking care of them or just not rocking the boat or whatever, you're going to still feel that desire to want to feel loved. Like that's Mm -hmm. normal. You're human, right? We have a frontal lobe. Like that's different from other animals. You know what I mean? And so you have that very basic need and you are going to do one thing or another to go get that need fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And if you've developed unhealthy coping mechanisms, such as shutting down so that you wouldn't you know, rock the boat when you were younger, you're going to carry on that same coping mechanism as an adult because you still need to feel loved. And so you're still going to do the same thing as an adult, but as an adult dating, it might look like not really speaking up for what you need or not setting a boundary because you don't want to rock the boat and you just want the person to like you, or you want the person to stay in the relationship with you. And so while it might seem like gosh, like I'm such an idiot for attracting this kind of person or ignoring that red flag, or why is this relationship so toxic or dysfunctional? It makes no sense. I'm a smart, successful person. Like, why do I keep attracting like this kind of hogwash or whatever? Mm-hmm. Take a step back and ask yourself, like, how is this one situation or this relationship a part of a whole sequences of events where one has led to the other? And it all makes perfect sense. Because what that at least what I think it does and and what I think it does for my clients as well, it kind of lightens the load a little bit. And so then you're like, oh, it's not just me. I'm not inherently unlovable or there's not something inherently wrong with me or broken. It's just that you put on a certain pair of glasses like we talked about before Mm -hmm. um, as a way to receive love. And now it's just about doing the work to put on a new pair of glasses. That's Mm. it. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard work, but it can be quite simple.
0: Yeah, I love the way that you just broke that down because often I think we can blame ourselves. Like just what you said, that negative self-talk comes through so quickly. Oh my God, I was so stupid to let this happen again. Oh my God, how could I not pay attention to that big warning sign, that big red flag? We often blame ourselves. And I love this perspective shift of, it's not so much about blame, but about recognizing this series of events, these patterns in your life and finding the root cause of them so you can transform it so you can establish a new pattern for yourself. Exactly. I exactly. love this. And I think this is so powerful for, for all of us to, to hear and to take in because we go to that space of it's my fault. I messed up. There's something inherently wrong with me. The more that we tell ourselves that there's something wrong with us and that we're not lovable, we start to really believe it. And yeah. that's and we are all lovable. We're all of capable course. of love. We're all here for love, um, in whichever way that looks like for somebody. So I love. I love that perspective shift that you shared. Um, because I think it's so important to embrace that. And it sounds like you can really do that through shifting the lens as we've been talking about and doing this work with your inner child.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. And and like it doesn't have to take, you know, I think when a lot of times people hear about this kind of stuff, they're like, mm-hmm. oh God, it looks sounds like years in therapy. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like that. Like it's not a rehashing the way therapy is specifically talk therapy can be. Yeah. Um, like get in, connect to the inner child, and you get out, and then you apply it to your present day life. So, um, you know, like everyone's on their own path and their own pace, but mm-hmm. you know, it uh, it doesn't take years and years and years. Like I have clients, you know, after you know a package of sessions of working together, like it's like they're they see themselves and relationships and dating, you know, whether or not they're in a relationship at that point. Like they just see it in a totally new perspective, and they feel hopeful is not really the right word, but they feel like inspired and they feel Mm -hmm. like, yes, this is possible. Like there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing extra special about that other person who's in the kind of relationship I want to be in, Um, you know, and when we, when we can begin to see ourselves and other people on that level playing field, you know, then you begin to swipe right on people that you're actually excited about Mm -hmm. and you don't quote unquote swipe down or do other things to Mm -hmm. keep ourselves stuck.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, this series is about life's lessons, and it really sounds like you really honed in and tuned into the power of working with your inner child through your own journey, obviously, and and what you shared at the beginning about body image. And, and really, to me, it felt like it was a journey of knowing your worthiness outside of what you look like and what your weight was. At what point, though, was it really that moment with that counselor that you were like, oh, yeah, this is about the inner child? I'm curious, you know, because yeah, I'm curious if that was the moment for you that everything shifted or was it really when you started working with clients that you saw the impact, I think, of this work?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both because when I started coaching, I was not focusing as much on the inner child. I talked I talked about like, oh, what are some of the old beliefs that you have? And then, and, you know, those are beliefs directly from the mm-hmm. inner child. So it was a combination of, you know, understanding how my family Dynamics were affecting my love life, and then also working with other coaches and healers who helped me do like you know all the ancestral healing and past lives healing and like I don't know, all those all these things that we do <laughs> um, in the modern age. Um, but it was just a whole culmination of things, um, and then also just I I don't know I don't want to like toot my horn too much, but I do think that like I have. Some sort of sixth sense where someone can just tell me about their relationship pattern. I'm like, I got it. I know where this came from. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, um, I have been analyzing like sex in the city episodes and like how I met your mother episodes and Mm -hmm. like reality dating TV shows for as long as I can remember. I just love doing it. And, um, you know, when someone tells me a little bit about what's going on in their love life, and then I just hear a little bit about their family dynamics, I just am able to like, just connect the dots, like super fast. So I think it was just like a gradual process. I don't, you know, my spiritual counselor, was she actually, at least not to my knowledge or not to my recollection. I mean, yeah, you use the word inner child. Well, um, that's so interesting. But that's what we did. That's what we were doing. I just, yeah. I mean, she might have, but I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think she did. Uh, it wasn't until I got more into more of the coaching industry that I started, you know, under, you know, putting like a, a word to it, basically a label to yeah. the work that I had been that I've been doing.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting that it wasn't even presented at first as like, this is inner child healing. This is inner child work. Um which I think is so interesting that then you were really able to say, "Oh wait, this is what it is." Like much later on, once you had done the work and realized its impact and started working with people.
1: Yeah, and then I think another thing that I that I did is again, like I, I did not invent inner child work. Like this is <laughs> a practice that goes like and in, in, totally. Know. Um, but what I, I don't know if you're into astrology or if your listeners are into mm-hmm. astrology, but I'm a Capricorn, so like. I like I like the woo, but I also need it to be practical and grounded. You You need structure. I (laughs) need structure. Yeah. And so, what I think I've been able to do, and I think why a lot of times this work resonates with folks is because I'm able to take kind of like these kind of airy fairy concepts, you know, cause like, I'm asking you to talk to your inner child. So I'm asking you to talk to yourself from like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that might feel a little weird, mm-hmm. you know? Um, But I'm able to take some airy fairy things and really ground them into like practical steps. But then also like, this is why we do it. And here is the actual practical application and how you're going to see it change something in your present day life. Yeah. Um So Um, because look, like I'm all about like energy and blah, 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 but I'm not, that's never going to be like the core of my coaching. If it works for you and you want to use some of that stuff, like awesome. I'm not going to be against it by any stretch, but Mm -hmm. like, to me, like the core of my coaching really just has to come down to some of like the practical, tangible things to do just so that. I don't know. That's just how I, that's how I roll. And then I guess I just attract people who roll like that too. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay.
0: What has surprised you the most then about this journey with the inner child about connecting, I think, dating and our love life and relationships
1: to inner child work? What has surprised you the most about all of it? Mm, That's a great question. What has surprised me? Um, I think, um, I mean, look at the time when I was first on this journey, like, you know, sitting at my you know, my counselors, you know, the other, the opposite couch yeah. and just being so shocked that like, oh, you mean, you know, I, I'm not emotionally available either, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was like so frustrated and, and what had gotten me into, you know, her room in the first place or her practice in the first place is because I had just had these two devastating relationships just right in a row. And I was just at my low point. I just, mm. I couldn't function really. And so I just couldn't figure out like, I really want a relationship and I have friends who don't they have to try and like they're in freaking relationships about to get married and pop out babies. I'm like, well, what is wrong with me? Um, and so for me, like the biggest shocker was like, I'm not emotionally available. So no wonder mm-hmm. I was attracting emotionally available, unavailable people. And, and I think also, and that I, and I think that tracks because then when I look back at some of my other of those relationships, you know, before that time, I actually did attract emotionally available people. I just wasn't interested in them. I thought they were boring. Wow. (laughs) And that was because, you know, I was attracted or what I thought of as love were those high highs. And so I was willing to put up with the low lows because I really wanted that high high, you know, and that's more of an addictive pattern. That's not love you know, but of course I didn't know that at the time. And so I think what's shocking was shocking to me. And I think what's also shocking to a lot of my clients is because, you know, sometimes they might come to me or they're probably not ready to work with me if they're still in this mindset, but at least they might come and find my podcast or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. with the whole thing of like, well, you know, men are like this or online dating is like this, or this is just the reality of how dating is and blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm not saying like, you know, there not be, there's not problems' not like dating. I'm mm-hmm. not saying all men are great because they're not or all women are great because they're not. Um, but what I am saying is I think that the biggest shocker that people experience is that like, oh, you might actually be emotionally unavailable too
0: yeah, yeah, that's so interesting because not all of us are aware of our limiting beliefs yeah. as, and we're not all aware of how we feel, how we present ourselves in the world. And so doing that deep inner work also lends itself to creating a larger level of self-awareness, I think. And so by diving, I never thought about this way, by diving into working with your inner child, you can really not only understand the limiting beliefs and the root of cause of them, but also where you are emotionally and how you present yourself to the world. And it's based upon how you feel about yourself, which is based upon experiences as a child. And I think once we start to, like you said, begin to connect these dots for ourselves, we can understand the root cause and then work to transform it. I love what you said at the beginning of our conversation, that it's not about fixing yourself. It's not about fixing anything because you're not broken. It's about transformation because through that process of transforming, you can alchemize your experience into something new that's better self-serving or more aligned with who you are and what your goals are or your objectives or what you're really just looking for in the world.
1: Totally. It's really just a process of becoming emotionally available because, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk, you know, heteronormative for a second, but you know, when you think of like an emotionally unavailable man, we think of like the avoidance style, like kind of like calls sometime, doesn't really follow through, kind of just wants sex. You know, so that's what we think of when we think of emotionally unavailable. But let's say like, you don't want to, you don't ask for your needs, like, or you don't Um, set your boundaries because you're afraid of what might happen. Well, that's also being emotionally unavailable. It's just in a different way than Mm -hmm. being avoidant the way, you know, like a stereotypical, like avoidant man might be. And so I think that um, if you get to a place where you can actually express your needs and express how you feel, then people who are avoidant are going to just be like, not for me, I'm moving on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, And so you can mm -hmm. kind of just like more naturally repel some of those people. And then, and then people who are more emotionally available, they're not going to be so freaked out. You know, every time you set a boundary or share how you feel, even something like, Hey, I had a really great time tonight. I would love to see you again. Or like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like, this is my first, you know, meetup date in a long time. I'm really nervous. or I'm really excited. You know, just something like that is, it can feel a little like ick, but if it feels a little ick to you, that means that like, that's just another, you know, emotional barrier to to break down.
0: Mm-hmm. There's such an interesting relationship, I think, between emotional availability and vulnerability. Yeah. And you nailed it when you said, if you feel like there's a little bit of ick involved, I think that means there's a little bit more work to do and that's okay. Yeah. That just yeah. means there's something else for you to uncover and look at. Veronica, I have loved having this conversation with you because like I shared with you, we have talked about the inner child before, but never in this way. And I think it's so valuable to start to connect the dots with dating and relationships and inner child work. So thank you for coming on the podcast and having this conversation with me. Where, where can everybody find you connect hear Your amazing podcast,
1: uh, and, and learn more. Yeah, so I have a podcast called the love life connection. And you can listen, probably wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And there I have um, women on the show where I actually coach them. So if you're kind of curious about how inner child coaching looks or what it sounds like, or what kind of stuff we do, then that's great place to, to begin. And then if you're ready to dive deeper into the inner child work, and a little bit more about the kind of science behind it, ins and outs, and how to get started, then I recommend starting with my workshop, five steps, to ending overwhelm and anxiety in your love life. And you can get that at com forward slash workshop.
0: Perfect. Everything will go in the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to connect with you and learn more. And I've been listening to your podcast and let me tell you, the coaching sessions are so fascinating so i encourage anybody that's listening to go over to veronica's podcast and tune in uh you drop some major wisdom in those sessions with people so um it's pretty cool all right this is amazing okay. thank you for coming on i really enjoyed this conversation My